Hey, this is J.B. Clark with uh, Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. And when I'm not talking about Bruce Springsteen songs in alphabetical order, I'm usually listening to Set Lusting Bruce, uh, Jesse Jackson's wonderful podcast here. Episode of Set Lusting Bruce. It's your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me today is a uh, fanatical Springsteen fan that I'm borrowing from one of my brother Springsteen podcasts. I got Randy joining me. How you doing, Randy? Oh, I'm tremendous. How are you this evening, JJ? I am great. Uh, yeah, now you've sh- you've been on Lee's podcast uh, a couple of times, correct? Well, yes. Yeah, I've been on there. Um, we talked about Tom Petty when he unfortunately passed. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about Tunnel of Love, uh, which is a great album, which I know you are heartily enjoy as well. I do. In fact, it it's... It's on my list of favorite albums. Um, it, I was thinking about that today. We're um, I'm going through a series of episodes where I've had guests join me and do similar. Uh, you know, I'm we're ranking the songs from worst to first. On we're going to go through every official album that uh, Bruce has released, not the live ones, but the you know studio albums. And um, and I would I would have been more thrilled, you know. There a lot of the classic fans, the people who loved, were like, oh, he played Greetings, oh, he played, you know, Incident, you know, um, and the Wild and the Innocent. I would have been, oh, he played Tunnel Love in a row, <laughs> you know. So uh, I go. He played Incident on 57th Street. I don't know what I'd do. Yeah? Well, you know, and everyone's got that. And, of course, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask you as we get through about, you know, songs you may be chasing. But because of my love for comics, we've decided that's why I always ask the origin story. So, Randy, I always like to start out with talk about growing up. What kind of music did you listen to as a kid? Was your family into music? Share a little bit with me. Well, so uh, when it comes to – you ask me about music in general? Yeah, like my family, 
uh, we listened, and it's an old joke, but we listened to both kinds of music, country and western. Um, my my mom loved um, early rock and roll. She had a bunch of Fats Domino, Bobby Darin music. My dad adored Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard. So we had the country station on all the time as I grew up. And then when I joined high school, I, I'm older than most um, of my listeners. But, um, you know, I graduated high school in 77, so I was addicted to AM radio. So, how about yourself? Well, for me, uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. That's where I'm from, originally. And uh, my dad was way into classic rock and Motown. So, uh, that was my main entry into music in general. And uh, I liked most of that stuff, and I still do like the majority of that stuff. Um to give your audience some context, I'm a Generation X. I'm 42. So, um, you know, with that information, that might give you some uh, background on me a little bit. Okay. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, so that's good. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what you, as a Gen X... Remind me, you know, what were you listening to in high school? What were your favorite bands? U2 was my favorite band for many years. Um, Guns N' Roses was also another favorite of mine. Um, you, well, Bruce, Bruce, I came to more uh, late high school, early college. And I had a, a big Bruce phase for a, a while there. Prince, how can I forget Prince? Prince and U2 were uh, my favorites for many, many years. Yeah. Um, um, so as a Bruce fan, a Prince fan, and a U2 fan, um, of the three, how would you rank Super Bowl performances? Oh, man, that's tough. Bruce number one. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Prince. Prince number one. Okay. Number two. <laughs> and then and then U2. But they all did a great job. So, you know, being a Bruce fan, especially every Super Bowl, people repost on social media his um, halftime show, and people say, you know, greatest sh halftime show ever. Um, I think I think Prince was amazing, and I definitely think Bruce was something special, and then, you know, obviously I do a podcast about him. But there was something about U2 after 9-11 was yeah. – and it it felt like the first of the modern um, halftime shows that were no, no choreographed dancers, you know, no um, just big – a lot of people, just the band playing the music and doing a mini show. Um so I always say that uh, Bruce Springsteen is number one, but you two might have a little something to say about that. So I, I think that's interesting how you thought, you know, as a fan of all three, how you go there. Yeah, print, I mean, the, what, him as a performer, he he's just so hard to hard to top, you know, just in general. 
I mean, and Bruce Springsteen, you know, you're talking about three of the best of all time and Bono. Yeah. You're talking, you're talking like thin slicing right there. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. You, I agree with you, Randy. And especially when you, um, after Prince passed, somebody showed a clip of him talking, um, like on the view or something about, um, learning from the best. And he mentioned the E street band and, um, you know, and how he would be backstage watching how they do that. And obviously, you know, you two and Bruce have a mutual love and reflect, you know, affection for each other. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very cool. All, the, all through the years, I was a big Rolling Stone reader growing yeah, up. Sure. Rolling Stone was always kind to Bruce and you too. So I guess I was predisposed to like him uh, reading that all the time growing up. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned you went through a phase. How did you discover Bruce? When, can you remember the first time he kind of came upon your musical conscience and you know what about him spoke to you why was he significant over you know you know some of the other bands you were listening to that made him kind of rise to your top well uh when i was coming up you know mtv age but the first time i remember hearing bruce springsteen and and kind of being uh, aware that he's out there was Hungry Heart um, from the river, obviously. Um, just I loved Hungry Heart when it would come on the radio. And uh, I was the right age. You know, I was like six, seven years old. And uh, I was like, who's that? And he, his name's Springsteen. You know, there weren't a lot of performers with a name like that. You know, it had a ring to it. So uh, that's the first time he was ever, like, on my radar. And, I, you know, my dad actually bought that 45. So, uh I had it around the house to listen to. Um, and then, of course, Born in the USA came out. And I I, I, I ended up buying it a little later. Like, it was on sale at, like, a record town on tape. So uh, I bought that on tape. And uh, then when I got a little bit older, The Greatest Hits is really what made me uh, go back and buy his back catalog. So... It had its intended effect on me because um, I was like, well, these are good, really good songs, you know. So I naturally I wanted to uh, hear everything that it came from. And I was amazed that he, he included nothing from his first two records on that Greatest Hits. I was like, wow. And uh, by then it was all readily available. Like I would go to this used record store, spend all my money. I was a waiter and a caddy and all kinds of stuff, earning a little bit of money here and there. And I would buy all kinds of uh, tapes and, you know, eventually CDs. But um, Bruce, his music, uh, it just kind of grabbed me. Um, yeah, just it was just kind of a gradual thing with him, really. Um, the phase came like 95, 96. That's when I really, looked, you know, I got everything. And started to process it. I actually bought um, Human Touch the day it came out. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't buy Lucky Town, but I bought Human Touch because I liked the song Human Touch. And 
you know, it was okay, but um, I still, you know, those records, they just don't hold up compared to all of his other. I mean, I, even the stuff he's done this century, I think, is better than anything on those albums as a whole, if that makes sense. Uh, I, it does. Uh, Peter Chianka from Blogness on the Edge of Town is going to join me in March to rank, and we're going to rank both. Of, we're going to do those albums together and rank them, and I think the argument could be made that if he had done as he normally does, you know, whittle away, whittle away, whittle away, um, you know, think of the the promise box set of all those songs that could have gone on darkness, right? To see that channel is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's not one of my favorite songs. Uh, though it's always interesting because there are people who like that. You know, they enjoy that humor of him. You know, I, I have a guy, Tim, here in uh, Dallas who to always talks to me about it when I visit with him, that he just loves when Bruce is being silly, and that's how he looks at that song. So very cool. Um, I always like to ask this before I, um, I state that the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of what kind of fan you are. There are circumstances driving how many shows you've gone to. But, Randy, how many times have you gone and seen him uh, live? Two. Okay, two. Uh, which uh, – go ahead. I've seen him at the Palace of Auburn Hills when the E Street Band reunited. And then I saw him here in Nashville where I live now at the uh, Somay Center, which is where the Predators play hockey. They call it Bridgestone Arena now. I saw him there in uh, 2008. Okay. You didn't uh, make the 2014? No, I don't know what was going I'm the uh, father of two young boys. Oh, enough said. Five-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, a lot of times it's hard to get out to a show anymore. What, um, what music do they like? <laughs> uh well William likes the Beatles actually. William's my five year old. Okay. <laughs> and Wiley he hasn't let us know yet. That's okay. T determined. Yeah, um my son growing up uh loved um there's a local singer songwriter, Sarah Hickman, and oh. he loved her music because um we her first album actually has thanks to Jesse, Linda, and Baby because Linda was pregnant when it came out. Um, and then uh, there's a rock and roll polka band in this area called Brave Combo, and he loved their albums. He you know, used to say when he was five or six, it's always a good time to polka dad. Um, you know, he's 20, he turned 29 in February, uh, just on Saturday. Um, so, you know, he's not my little boy anymore, um, but yeah, loved, um, you know, Raffi and Barney, you know, as a kid, but luckily he ended up liking, you know, grown up music and he would enjoy that. And then in his teen years, he got into Metallica yeah. and a lot of hip hop and, um, 
you know, some I can take, some I can't. Uh, but um, he's recently become a um, – he went to see Bruce on the River Tour with me twice and has now become a big Bruce fan, he, you know. So, in fact, when, oh. he got, when he got engaged, he was playing the song Tougher Than the Rest for uh, when um, he asked Erica to marry him. So I feel like I've done something right as a dad. <laughs> Oh, you, do you hear my story on the on Lee's show? No, I hadn't heard that yet. Please share. Uh, I, when I danced with my mom at my wedding, I I played "Walk Like a Man" for the you know the mother uh, groom dance, and at the time I didn't realize he had written it about his dad, but <laughs> I had, I played that song when me and my mom danced together. Um, that is a perfect uh, parent-child song at a wedding. Um, and I, um, my dad was in the Army, so my mom spent a lot of time as a single mom because he would be overseas. And yeah. so um, I have a very close uh, relationship with my mom and – Every time The Wish comes on E Street Radio, I tend to have to pick up the phone afterwards and call her and go, Hey, Mom, how you doing? And so um, that's, that's, a great, that's a great story. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was an unconventional pick. but mm -hmm. you know. No, I, I think that's perfect. Uh, are there other songs or albums that mean something to you? And if so, why? Well, um, I got to say my favorite Bruce album is Darkness on the Edge of Town. Okay. I picked my absolute favorite. That one be one. Uh, then then number two would be Tunnel of Love. And then uh, number three would be Born to Run. Uh, those All three of those, I mean, depending on the day or the week or whatever, you know, those could easily be number one. But... I think darkness really is creatively where he peaked to me personally. I mean, he had so much going on in his life as Bruce fans know. Um, he had, you know, he had that litigation that delayed the album from being released. He had so many songs to choose from and God, he just put out, he put out 10 songs and he probably would have like 40 or 50. Exactly. You know, in the famous talk about embarrassment of riches. Yeah, in the famous story, right? Like little Stephen, are we sure we want to give this one away? <laughs> you know, hey Bruce, this is a good one to lose. We sure we want to lose this one? Um, I Were just, they talking? Uh, what's that? <laughs> when, <laughs> no, I'm I was say it's funny all the songs he had to choose from, and he and he put out the the factory song. Yeah. Um, you know, what's I, I thought interesting, Randy, is the I, I just I had just yeah. read the the Mike Appel book. Uh, you know, Bruce had said uh, Mike has his own story about the breakup of their business partnership and he said you should read his book and so I, I picked it up and I read it and 
Um, I got to tell you, I was very disappointed. And especially when there's a point in the book where they talk about how disappointing darkness was. And Whoa. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> there, there is a dis- – I mean, I think – most fans will debate back and forth between Darkness or Born to Run as his best album. Um, and to, I almost, I finished the book, but at that point I almost wanted to say, okay, this is BS. You know, if you're going to put something like that on there, uh, you're not even, you know, you're not even trying to pretend to be unbiased. Um so. I would say that just sounds insane in retrospect, right? Yeah. And 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 I guess maybe he's trying to say um initial sales and not having maybe a hit single, but um you know, this was you know, the era of FM radio and and having that uh you know, album-oriented rock and everything. So, yeah, I just think that's silly. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you get, do you do a lot of, do you, uh, when you get a chance to break away, um, do you like to go hear some of the local Nashville musicians or try to, uh, we visited Nashville a year and a half ago and just had a blast there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this is a great place. There's a lot. When uh, Before I got married, I would go out and uh, get out there with my podcasting partner, Handsome Dan Menard, and he he plays a little bit out there himself. Um, I, he's uh, he he's the Dan of Dandy Classic, which is my, my podcast. Yeah, um, I wanted but, to ask you about that. Tell me about that. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the musician, and I'm the uh, I'm the fan. I've never been a musician, but I've listened to a lot of music, and I've I've run radio stations in college. Um, you know, I've got three thousand CDs or so. I can't say I've listened to every last one of them, but most of them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I love music. I've got I'm very eclectic in my tastes. Um, and, and Bruce, I mean, if we look at Bruce's catalog, he's got a little bit of something for everybody in there. You know, if you like, you know, music, <laughs> you know, I know that he's even got hip hop, you know, in the, on the, uh, Wrecking Ball album. If you listen to Rocky Ground, you know, absolutely. <laughs> he tries to, he tries to include all types of genres well, you know what else? You know what else? He he's got a lot of like uh, Irish folk music going on too. Uh huh. Yeah, he does. In fact, um, I I was at a um, show where um, an Irish uh, balladeer was playing, and um, his name, of course, I'm drawing a blank, is. Um, Daniel Flaherty, and he, I, I was talking to him, and I shared with him, I said, have you listened to Bruce's Springsteen's new album? And he said, no, and I, I said, well, you should. Um, 
I said, because and this was around Wrecking Ball. I said, there's a lot of Irish um, things. And then, so I actually sent him the Live in Dublin Blu-ray and Wrecking Ball and said, you know, hey, Danny, you should check this out uh, because of the influence in it. Um, yeah, you can tell that um, much like Louisiana, you do the, you know, like you call the musical gumbo of New Orleans. You know, I think he listens and tries to get these kind of things and, you know, kind of stirs the pot together to see what can happen. Um, so, uh, so the Dandy Classic Music Hour is the name of the podcast. Talk to me how you started it. What were the origins, um, and, and what do you guys try to do? Uh, well, me and my best friend, Dan and Art, we go way back to childhood. Um, he's a year and a half older than me, and I already told you guys I was 42, so he's – you can do the math. <laughs> I was he promised doesn't... there would be no math on the podcast. He doesn't like it when I I just spout off his age on the air. He gets like he can tell it bothers him. But um, I say if you get, reach this point in life, you should be proud of it. But Amen. anyhow, Amen. <laughs> we've been friends since uh, well for thirty years now. And uh, growing up, we were always like uh, we had two things in common. Um, our dads we were both children of divorce. Our dads lived on the same street, three houses down from each other. And ironically, our divorced moms lived in the same town. <laughs> so we would, uh, you know, go in between our parents. And then when we would go, because we went to school in the suburbs and our dads lived in the city, right? Sure. So, uh, you know, during the week we would hang out in the suburbs and then uh, during the weekends, when we'd go see our dad, we'd hang out on the weekends in the city. So uh, just dovetailed that our lives were uh, crossing a lot. And then when we got cars and we were able to, you know, transport ourselves, uh, we still remained friends. And we he's the one who convinced me to move here. Um, so three years ago. You know, I've always wanted to do a podcast once I discovered what they were, because uh, I have a lot of useless knowledge and I wanted to put it to use, right? Yeah. And he he and I would always have conversations about music anyway, just him and I. Um, and we've lived together as adults a lot even. So, I mean, we've been in each other's lives for a long time. And uh, we've always, we actually did a TV show on local cable in suburban Detroit. So it's not like we'd never done a show or anything together. So I, I was looking online. I couldn't find any uh, music podcasts at the time that I wanted to listen to. I must not have been searching, right? Because literally within a few weeks of us starting, I found Pods and Sods. I found the Great Albums podcast. And I'm like, well, hell, we're just going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, and he, he and I, we have our own brand of humor. It's well, sarcastic, but it's fun. You know, um, my lovely bride, in a without meaning to be, sometimes she talks without thinking, and she says, "Why would anyone want to listen to you talk?" And I'm like, "Well, I—that's a good question. I don't know." 
Um, but I explained to her, her, her brother is about 10 years older than her. And he um, is about to hit 65. And he grew up typical kid in the 60s and played in bands for, you know, at the CYO, at, you know, different VFW halls and school dances. And he talked about that once, if he had a chance, uh, he would go on a Sunday afternoon in a, a, like an abandoned barn and they would just play music for the sake of just enjoying playing music. And it didn't matter if anyone heard them or not. And, um, and I kind of, you know, I said, Linda, that's me. I, I enjoy talking to people about their musical passions, whether it's Bruce or someone else. And so it's enough for me. If, if no one wants to hear it, I'm okay with it because I just have fun recording it and talking to it. So, um, right, that's kind of you guys too. Like we're going to build our own audience and have fun doing it and, you know, good for you guys. Yeah, like we did, I mean, I don't know, we got a couple thousand, you know, fans or whatever, and we've met a lot of cool people. Like that's the part that's been the most unexpected reward, I think, Jesse, is uh, we had the Nashville Rockin' Pod here in August, and it was incredible. That's where I met Lee. Yeah. Um, and we, have, you, have you heard of that event, the Nashville Rockin' Pod? You know, after the fact, and I was like, man, I need to go to that. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, and they came to my town of all towns, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy here named Chris Sinzak. He does a very popular uh, show called The Decibel Geek, and uh, he's been at it for years and years. And he's got a whole network of people that he knows. And it and it's, I mean, that it's a lot of hair metal and like a lot of like heavy rock. Which, you know, I'm a fan of parts of that. Um, and huge kit, a lot of Kiss fans, like. An insane amount of Kiss podcasts, right? Wow. Uh, and, you know, there's about 25 different shows from all across the country at, at the Rockin' Pod. And, uh, you know, Pods, I got to meet Pods and Sods, who I was fans of and now I'm friends with. Um, the great albums, I'd been on their show and they'd been on our show. Um, I got to meet them face to face, you know. They came to my house, Jesse. Wow. I live in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville, if you know. Yes. Um, that's that's where I'm talking to you now. But okay. They came here and we did a show, and uh, yeah, it's just that to me that that's been the best part is the community surrounding uh, rock podcasting in general. That, that wasn't what I was going for, but you know, it's just it's been great. Yeah, I think that's amazing, and I'm um, it. I, I love the idea, and I'm hoping to get to go one time, because it was just, it, it seemed like a really fun time. Um, I've been lucky enough. The guys uh, with the Great Album Podcast, Great Albums, was just on the show. We had a blast talking. Listen uh, today. It, it was uh, they, yeah, just a couple of uh, like last week. We had him on the, sh uh, you know, I, and they talked to Bruce and we shared and it was a lot of fun. And 
I sent them my list of albums um, and, you know, said, hey, I'd love to be on there. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, they're just great guys. Yeah, I assume you had a couple Bruce's on there, right? I did, and um, I, I picked a... I didn't just pick all Bruce. I picked some Brian Wilson. I picked some. Uh, I picked a Willie Nelson album. I picked a uh, Linda Rodstad album. I kind of just gave them a wide diversity of, you know, ten or twelve albums that I would be that I've all loved. You know, I've enjoyed and I would be comfortable talking about. So um, I just think they do a great job on their podcasts, and oh, um, just there's so much love. Of music as they talk so yeah yeah as uh, he's got a dj's voice if there ever was one. Oh, they they both sound so good now um so not so basically your podcast an excuse for you and your best friend to play um grab our grab ass together as we call it right where you're just enjoying talking to each other but what um how do you pick which albums you're going to talk about uh, it's usually it's just Dan and I. We're not as guest heavy. Yeah. Hard to, it's hard to get guests sometimes, but um, we. I'll just be honest. Like Dan usually lets me drive the show more or less. I would say for every four albums I pick, he picks one, and it's not because I want it that way. It's just because when it comes to that, he's like so indecisive. Okay. Hopefully he hears this. No, he's usually not as decisive. And I, you know, I just like a lot more music in general, I probably, than he does. And that's not to say he doesn't have a lot of uh, musical, musical uh, variety. I just have an insane amount of musical variety. So uh, we kind of, well, what I try to do, because what we do is we listen, we do track by track albums, but we do it from like the 60s through today. And we we genre hop and we so if I do an album like say I do the Rolling Stones right I want to I want to like get away from you know classic rock of the '60s the next episode so the next episode I might do um, you know like U2's Octungue Baby it'd be '90s rock right then out the episode after that I'll try to like you know maybe do something with a female artist or a hip hop artist because I just try to like have as much variety as possible. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. And and I'm looking at your list. Uh, you know, you you just recently did a Springsteen uh, heavy episode. You're also doing. Uh, we did. Go ahead. Um, because I was on Lee's show, so I wanted people who heard me on that to go to my page. If they went on there, they'd see that we did a Springsteen show back from 2015. Mm-hmm. So that show was actually recorded. It's our top ten favorite Springsteen songs. Yeah. Um, from tw- we did that in 2015 with a, a guy who's a family friend named Josh Bergner. Um, so you get three top ten Bruce lists between those shows. Oh, nice. Um, also saw you did uh, Tapestry. Um, yeah. You know, an amazing album. And when you think about uh, her place in musical legacy right it's just uh, great stuff well december was special because we, that was female appreciation 
Artist Appreciation Month. Uh, so all of December, we we did female artists. So like we did Fiona Apple, we did Carol King, and then we also did a special called Ladies of the Eighties. Oh, nice! Yeah, we picked our favorite. Uh, was it eleven songs? I think each uh, for female sung songs by a female artist of the eighties. Okay. So we. Uh, that's man. If you go there, like all of our shows aren't track by track. We do have specials where we'll have countdown shows. So we'll have a topic, and we'll you know we'll do like the the Bruce one was special because Bruce is so known for albums that I wanted to go against type and say, hey, everybody talks about his albums. Let's let's do a thing of his songs. So that's why. So. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, anything special coming up that you want to um, – we'll, this will come out in a couple of weeks, but just in long-term future, anything you guys thinking about? Well, I want you guys to go to thatdandyclassicmusichour.com. Okay. Or whatever your favorite podcast app is and put in Dandy Classic Music Hour. And I want you to subscribe. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I cannot uh, – we will stop for a moment and share. It. It is so helpful to us if you subscribe, if you go and like us on iTunes or wherever your podcast uh, – you get your podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review us. It truly does make a big difference uh, with helping people find us. And it's so easy on iTunes now. They redid their format on there. Yeah. What's super e- like it didn't used to be easy to rate or leave a review. Yeah. Now it what is easy. So oh. I leave reviews than I used to. Oh good, yeah. Uh, I try to do too. Um, all right. So one of the things I do is um, I had Jay, who is a um, high school English teacher on the show probably about a year ago. He's been on a couple of times, and he teaches honors English. And one of the classes he has, segments on his class, is they break down Thunder Road as a poem, and they compare it to um, A Road Less Traveled oh, by Robert okay. Frost. Okay. And they compare the two and they talk about it. And um, the episode is on my archives. It's a fascinating discussion. Uh, Jay does all the heavy lifting. All I do is kind of go, wow, never thought about that. Duh, that's pretty cool, Jay. Um, I mean, it's very informative. He talks a lot about the imagery and the song. and But he gets to the point and he asks his students and then he asks me the question, do you think Mary gets in the car? If you look at the original lyrics, um, it's a, a town full of loser. I'm pulling out of here to win. Now, when he sings it modern, he says we're pulling out of here to win. But if you look at the lyric sheet on Born to Run, it's I'm pulling out here to win. So the question, Randy, is do you think Mary gets in the car? Well, I- like any good salesman, I think Bruce assumes the sale in this case. Yes. He he believes so passionately in uh, what he's singing and what he's saying. 
that he just assumes she's along for the ride. So I'm going to say there's no way in hell she didn't get in that car. Very nice. I'm right there with you. Uh, good. Very good. Um, so uh, next time Bruce is outperforming, is there a couple songs uh, provided you can get the babysitter? And oh, yeah. uh, is there a couple songs you'd like to hear him perform live that you haven't got to hear? Oh, my God, yes. Um, in particular, I would I would love, love, love to hear him do The Price You Pay. Okay. Um, you got to see that River tour. Yes, so I did. That you got to see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how, how that song fits into your personal uh, likes or dislikes, but that's always been a, a favorite song of mine of his. And uh, he just in, aside from the, the river performances, he hardly ever does that. Right. So that one, and I already mentioned Incident on 57th Street. Um, man, I've seen him, you know, obviously I go on YouTube like anybody else would. And I'll watch performances of the of those, and uh, they're great. I'm trying to think of what other song I would love to hear him do, though. Oh, Adam raised a cane. How how awesome! Have you seen him do that one? I have. Have you really? Yes. Um, and it is as dramatic as you think it is. Yeah. 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 I work. I can. I. I mean, as good as he is live. To, to nail that guitar, all that guitar, that would mm-hmm. be amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you know, here's one that most people would probably not think of is uh, Your Own Worst Enemy off oh. of the Magic Yeah. Yeah, I saw him on the Magic Tour there at the Phil May Center. And he did a lot of the songs from that album, but he did not do Your Own Worst Enemy. Yeah. And a little uh, bummed. Yeah, I've only seen uh, – I, I just went to mybosstime.com to look. Um, I knew I'd seen it. I've seen Adam Raise the Cane once. Um, so, yeah, that would be um, – and I've seen Incident twice. So, oh, have you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song is so long. It, usually he'll do like Rosalita in it. I can't imagine doing like Rosalita and that one on the same night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would think it's one or the other. And uh, if I could say one more, I would oh, like to. Sure. See, I'd like to see him do Drive All Night also from the river. That would be that'd be really moving as well. Um, I know that a couple people said that because it was so long. They, um, you know, they went and got something to drink or use the bathroom. But um, I saw I I ended up going to four shows where he did the river in a row, and each time that was one of my I, a highlight for me. I loved seeing that it just um, kind of lost in that spell. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, as a boss fan, you know, you probably have you may have ascertained by now that I'm more into the contemplative Bruce (laughs) from from my choices there. No, no, no. I think that's a those are excellent choices. All right. Uh, Any final thoughts, Randy? Well, I, you know, I'm really honored that you asked me to come on here. Um, I don't get to talk enough about Bruce Springsteen on my own show because Dan, not that Dan doesn't like Bruce Springsteen, but. 
it's just not an artist that uh, he's welcomed into his heart the same way. Yes. Like he and I, you know, we share, you know, U2 together and, uh, you know, like Soundgarden and even Prince. Um, but I'm kind of on an island when it comes to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> well, talk, talk about it, man. Well, Randy, I want you to know you're always welcome. If you get the idea for a show or if you say, hey, I think this would be a good discussion, reach out to me. We'll uh, schedule it out. And uh, go ahead. I from Tunnel a lot. What's that, sir? Uh, what? Give me your top three Bruce albums. <sighs> Boy, that's tough. Um, that's yeah, no. Um, so I came to Bruce kind of later in life. Um, I, I, and I'm sorry, listeners, you've heard the story many times, but in 1980, um, my wife but at the time was my girlfriend. One of her best friends was a lady named Lisa and Lisa was going to school on the East coast. And she came back and was talking about this guy named Bruce Springsteen. And she was just talking about him over and over again. And then, uh, the, the river came out and like you hungry heart, except I was like 20, 21 when it came out. And so I bought the river and, uh, I didn't buy Nebraska um, I did buy, you know, Born in the USA, like everyone else, and Tunnel of Love, but I was a casual fan till The Rising came out. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I, and then, because I didn't buy Human Touch or Lucky Town, um, I, I just, you know, I bought the greatest hits, but I was just not obsessed, and then in 2002, we saw him for the first time. On the rising tour. That was the first show I'd gone to. And there's two kinds of people. People that go to a Bruce show and go, wow, that was long. And the others that say, oh my goodness, I want to see him every time I can. And that's when I became. So um, I've gone back and engulfed all the back catalog. But I probably would say... And this is going to be – people are going to go, no, Jesse, but probably um, in different orders depending, it would be probably The Rising, Tunnel of Love, and Wrecking Ball. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so I'm more of a fan of the later stuff because that's spoke to me. That's when I became, you know, where it, it listened to me. And uh, The Wrecking Ball is my wife's favorite Springsteen album. She she loves that album. And um, the second time she saw him was when we got in the car, drove to from Dallas, Texas to Cleveland, Ohio. And on the way there, we stopped and did half the bourbon, Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Went and saw him in Cleveland then went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, drove back down, did the second half of the Bourbon, Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and then went home. And it was we called it our Bruce and Bourbon tour. Um, so I, I think those three albums would be. Now, I certainly acknowledge Born to Run is amazing. Um, you know, I I love the River. Um, Darkness is, you know, I. I'm having to rate on Sunday night. I'm having a, a guest join me and we're going to rank the darkness songs. And that's a tough, 
task. I get you know, it. You call them, you know, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and, um, I had an episode um, last year where I had a couple of my European um, listeners join me, and we did our top ten Springsteen songs similar to yours. So I'm, I'm going to pull your episode and compare how you guys did mine. Yeah. Well, it'll, when you listen to, to my show, it is funny how Dan, who is like a, a Bruce Novice, it's interesting to see what a Bruce Novice compared to, you know, two Bruce fans picks for his top 10 favorite songs. The juxtaposition is pretty funny. Well, um, if he ever wants to do this, um, I have, I've done some episodes where I give someone who maybe the only thing they know about Bruce is born to run the born in the USA stuff, maybe secret garden. And I've, I give them 10 songs Oh, okay. And then um, I have them listen to it, and then they come on and they talk to me about whether they like the songs or not. And um, and that makes for a pretty fun discussion, um, especially if they – because some of them, they go, I don't care for that much. Or others go, eh, that's – you know, that's okay. Um, so it kind of makes uh, – we have a lot of fun with it. Well, he's like he's with you. He really loves Glory Days, so you guys might get along. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one that's one I know Dan's a big fan of and I know you're a big fan of. So you guys uh, could yeah. definitely Okay. Yeah. Um so yeah, so you'll have to come back on again and uh and if you guys ever want, I'd love to join you guys. I know you don't normally do many um you know, uh, guess, but if you do need seat, let me know. Okay. It's, uh, it's not that I'm opposed to it. I'm just not, I'm just never like that. It's just that, uh, you know, me and Dan talk so much. I think, <laughs> well, why are we going to come on your show? You ain't going to let us talk. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That mouse, you know? All right. So, uh, give us quote again, uh, that you'd, um, you know things you want to uh, tell us how we can find you. Oh, if you uh, if you want to check out what I do, we do a uh, usually a track by track, and our show is called That Dandy Classic Music Hour, and uh, we do different types of music from uh, a multitude of genres. But we we do you know in the three years we've been on, we've tried to hit every uh, major tentpole artist as best we can. There's some we haven't hit yet. Um, but you know, if you're a fan of music and you, and the boss, you know, we've done our Bruce Springsteen, uh, songs episode. So if you're a Bruce fan and I expect you would be, if you're listening to this, absolutely, uh, it'll be the, the, some of the first shows that'll come up on our website right now. Um, but if you're, if you just like music in general, there's going to be something you'll like on there that we talk about. And uh, if you like, if you listen to the great albums, we are kind of in the same vein. We are just, me and Dan just have a more uh, acerbic sense of humor, I guess would be a little, little more sarcasm mixed in. Whereas Bill, Bill, I would say Bill and Brian are, I don't want to say they play it down the middle or they play it safe, 
you know, we're, we're definitely, we're more like Saturday Night Live, whereas they may be more NPR in their approach. Nice. Okay. I like that. Uh, yeah. Bad. And how about uh, Twitter? Oh, uh, Dandy Classic. Just the two words put together at Dandy Classics. So we're on Twitter. All right. uh, and I just, I just want to also mention we are, uh, we are on a break because uh, Dan needed a couple of months off, but in the meantime, we're re-releasing uh, some of our better older shows. And if you've never heard us, you won't. You probably won't know the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. But right. We are back, and we'll be back uh, probably in the springtime. Is what we're planning on. So very nice. Well, hang tight while I do my promotions. Uh, we would, if you want to join me to talk about your Bruce Journey, or if you're an, another musician that you're passionate about, you can reach out to me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook account, setlustingbruce, and our Twitter is at setlustingbruce. My personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. I would greatly appreciate if you go to iTunes to rate and review us. Um, while you're there, you could uh, do the Dandy five Classic stars. Music Hour as well, right? Heck yeah. Uh, five stars, nothing but love. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, thank you. God, this was a blast. I appreciate it. Well, you're uh, a good – I followed you on Facebook and your journey fighting cancer. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I know I don't I, – I only go on Facebook usually to post pictures of my kids. But yeah. – was following your journey and of course like any decent human being i was rooting for you to beat that answer oh shit, i just ruined that. that's all right i can beep it i appreciate the sentiment no problem right yeah thank you um it is you know no retreat no surrender um i definitely felt all the love and support from you know my listeners and my family and my friends and the bruce Springsteen and podcaster community as a whole. So I was a lucky guy. Well, if you get to Nashville, I would be, I would be happy to uh, have you over to my home. Oh, thank you. I, I can't promise you that we'll break out the guitars like we did with the great albums because yeah. I don't play. But yeah. uh, it definitely, you know, feeds you a good uh, barbecue meal. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Well, we'll do the same thing if you get to Dallas. So Never know. That's right. All right. For now, we're going to end with, well, now the years have gone and I'm grown from that seed you've sown. But I don't think there'd be so many steps I'd have to learn on my own. Well, I was young. I didn't know what to do when I saw your best steps stolen away from you. Now I do what I can. I'll walk like a man and I'll keep on walking. Keep man. on walking, Randy. Listeners, thank you so much. I got the feels there, Jesse. Hey, that's what I'm there for. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.